Welcome back to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess, part of the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. My guest is a battalion chief with the City of Champaign Fire Department and Champaign Township Supervisor, Andy Kornstrom. Hi, Andy. Hi, Elizabeth. You're running for re-election as City of Champaign Township Supervisor. You are a 24-year veteran of the Champaign Fire Department and a board member and past chair of the United Way of Champaign County. But let's start with your role as the City of Champaign Township Supervisor. Your primary responsibility is to distribute general assistance to people who have little or no income and are mentally or physically incapable of working. You have a really small staff to accomplish a lot. Tell us a little bit about what your staff does on a day-to-day basis. Well, thank you. Yes, we do have a small staff. We have five people, including myself. I'm, of course, the township supervisor, the elected official. We have uh, two caseworkers, one that primarily deals with general assistance, our monthly reoccurring clients. And then we have a emergency rental assistance caseworker whose job has expanded about a hundredfold with uh, COVID. We have a prosperity gardens director, which is a new position when we took over prosperity gardens. And then we have an office administrator who is kind of the jack of all trades. And we're busy and we're busier now than we've ever been with COVID, but we're proud of the work we do. We're all cross-trained to do each other's jobs should we need to backfill because of busyness. And I'm a firm believer that it's important with the minimal resources we have to get them to those in need rather than to hiring more personnel. So, you know, we make it work and we're creative and it does work. And I'm so very proud of my staff because they come to work or work remotely every day and have been during COVID. And they do it with a smile and with appreciation and they're humble. And it's been a great eight years and I'm very pleased with what we do. Last time we talked, the City of Champaign Township and See You at Home in cooperation with the City of Champaign started a program called See You at Work. And See You at Work employs the homeless in Champaign, getting them back on their feet, providing them with the dignity that they deserve. How's that program going? Awesome. It's really going well. So we're two and a half years into it, and it has expanded quicker and greater than we ever thought. So it started out, what we did is we took a program that we were aware of in Albuquerque, New Mexico, called There's a Better Way. And it was a partnership with the city of Albuquerque and a nonprofit. And we recognized that, first of all, it's something that we need here. And second of all, it's something that we can do here. And so I found a partner in See You at Home and Rob Dalhouse, and we worked together. We overcame a bunch of hurdles, some red tape to accomplish what we call See You at Work. And uh, of course, that's a, that's a playoff of what we're doing, but also See You at Home's title. And it started out as a beautification project. We would employ homeless men and women four to five hour shifts. We'd pay them $10 an hour and effectively they would go out and pick up litter in the community. We would give them lunch and we would give them the opportunity for case management if they wanted it. If they didn't want it, we would pay them and they could be on their way. And that was really successful. We first of all found that we had many more individuals than than we had open spots, which is unfortunate, but a good thing for the potential of the program. But we also found very quickly that they loved the opportunity to go out there and make money. And we noticed that the city, for instance, does a litter index monthly. And we recognized that some of the areas that we were working in, the litter index actually went down. In other words, we were cleaning up the streets cleaner than they had been previously. So we were really excited with what that program looked like. It it expanded quickly. It went to multiple days. We had a waiting list every day we worked. We continued to provide the service. We continued to have lots of interest. We started to see some of the individuals really take a lead in those positions. Some of them who were chronically homeless for decades found permanent housing because of the 
case management, the structure that they found in their lives. And so we really were proud of the program. And what it's done now, over the summer, for instance, we were working five days a week, some beautification work, but much of what we've been doing is in Prosperity Gardens, which I don't want to get ahead of myself, but it's allowed the CEO at Work program to expand. And I'm proud to say that that program gained national attention and has received national accolades with small local governing kind of conceptual programs that this is new, it's unique, and it's something that's now been modeled in other similar-sized communities. I'm glad you brought up Prosperity Gardens. You and City of Champaign Township created this program to provide labor education to those in need, put fresh produce on the plates of our underserved. Tell me about this amazing program. Prosperity Gardens previously was a local nonprofit that provided fresh vegetables in our community, and they would sell them, but they would also at the time give them away to those in need. I've always had an interest in urban farming, and although I grew up in a suburb of Chicago, I've always been just kind of enamored with agriculture and what it is and how it works. And so it's always been on my radar to consider what urban farming could do for the township. But I didn't want to reinvent the wheel because there were already nonprofits doing that work. When I saw that Prosperity Gardens was interested in proposals to take over their operations, I thought that would be the absolute perfect fit for the township. We had just started the CEO at Work program the year before, and You know, it just made sense if we could take over Prosperity Gardens that we segue a lot of what we do at See What Work into Prosperity Gardens. We could then provide greater kind of work preparedness program. We could put fresh fruit and vegetables onto plates and tables in our community that are currently considered food deserts. And we can do all that using labor that we have in our See What Work program. And so the idea was awesome. Whether or not we could make it work was the key. But we, in fact, did. And so we took over Prosperity Gardens in the fall of 2019. Last year, unfortunately during COVID, but we were successful, was our first year planting. We hired a farm director, and she effectively operated a staff of about 10 people a day, all summer long. They planted the seeds. They watered the plants. They took care of the gardens. And they ultimately would take the vegetables to either Daily Bread, where they provided thousands of pounds of vegetables to Daily Bread Soup Kitchen. But also, and more exciting, I think, was that we partnered with Carl and other urban farms to get our vegetables out to the community. And so we would go out with the Carl Mobile Health Clinic, and we'd set up a stand, and all the vegetables were free, and we would provide them to residents that needed them. And all they had to do was come up and take what they wanted. So we're year one, and it was awesome. And we have lots of exciting plans moving forward, including an expansion into an acre site this spring. So we're going to quadruple at least the amount of produce that we can plant, which that means we're going to quadruple the amount of our workforce, which is exciting because we're going to continue to provide that opportunity, education, experience to some of our Homeless individuals, for instance, this winter, we've been giving them 4-H and extension classes, fruit pep classes, so that they can take the things they learn from our gardens and go into the working world and make a career for themselves. So, you know, that's a nutshell, of course, but it's been really exciting and it's gone better than I could have ever imagined. 
Let's talk about the youth employment and the FAN programs. So you help connect Unit 4 students with employers as well as give them professional career guidance. Your FAN program provides FANs to hundreds of low-income seniors in the community. You work with other agencies to provide Thanksgiving baskets to clients and other in need in Champaign. Tell me a little bit about these programs. Are they still going strong? COVID, as it has for everybody, has changed a lot. We don't have any summer youth employment employees in our offices because we were either working remote or we didn't have opportunity to bring people in. Unit 4's program, of course, shut down with COVID. We segued our FAM program into more of a needs-based program. And so last summer with COVID, what we did was we provided bags of basic needs and we partnered with other agencies, including Cunningham Township and some nonprofits that rather than fans, they would get what they needed based upon their circumstances, because many of the individuals that we were working with had lost whatever income that they had due to COVID. So for eight years, everything that we do is kind of a moving target. And, you know, we recognize what needs there may be at the time in the community, and we try to affect change to those needs. And COVID, of course, changed a million things, but we didn't want to stop providing fans. We wanted to segue into something that was more relevant at the time. We didn't want to stop providing Thanksgiving baskets. We wanted to ensure that they had other things that they may need. And, and you know, in terms of the unit flow program, we're excited to participate again when that comes. And I'm a firm believer in ensuring that our youth have the opportunities that they deserve. And it was fun to provide that. The first year that we had our summer youth employment employee in our office, she won an award, which was really exciting. So I'm a strong supporter of that program. And when COVID's over, we look forward to jumping back in. Transparency is one of the things that people crave in government. And you've gone above and beyond for your office. Since taking office, you've revamped the township website. All the documents, ordinances, financials, records, everything is at the touch of a button. You also use social media regularly for updates. Again, you have a small staff. How do you take care of all of these technological updates and needs? We set our website up so that once it was set up, we could do it pretty easily, effectively. If you can send an email, you can update the website. And it is very important to me to have the information that our township uses to operate at the touch of a mouse or a keyboard for our residents. We have our monthly meeting every Tuesday at 7 p.m., but that doesn't mean that everybody can log in or wants to log in and watch us every Tuesday at 7 p.m., but they deserve the opportunity to know what we're doing. They deserve the opportunity to see what our budgets are. They deserve the opportunity to see how their tax money is being spent. And so when I took office, one of the first things we did was revamp the website And it is extremely comprehensive and it does have everything that anybody would ever need to look into what the township's doing at the click of a button. And I like that about our township is that everything is transparent. And, you know, the social media aspect of our office is growing. It's very slowly growing because, again, we've been inundated with COVID-related activities. But we use Twitter pretty regularly. My emergency rental assistance caseworker has started to take the lead on some of the Facebook activity. So last year, we actually was the first year we took on an intern. And it was nice to have somebody to come in and kind of offset the workload. We intend to have another intern this year. And so social media and how it relates to social work is kind of one of the projects that we have on the agenda for that intern. We'd like to see that part of our organization grow. 
As I mentioned earlier, you are a battalion chief for the city of Champaign Fire Department. You've been a firefighter since 1997. In all of that time, other than adding more administrative responsibilities, how have you seen that job change? Champagne has grown immensely. And so Green Street in 1997 was used to jet ski when it was flooded. And obviously we don't see that now, but we see 20-story buildings. And so how we do our job has changed a lot in the almost 25 years that I've been here. The amount of personnel we have has increased by 25 to 30. The city has grown by 20,000 people. So the very basis of it has stayed the same, but how we do it, the risks that we face, you know, the technology that we have, the education of the personnel that we hire has all increased significantly. And as I reflect back on 25 years ago, which to me seems absolutely amazing that that's possible, you know, year to year, you don't see the changes, but over the 25 year career, it's really amazing to see those changes. And Champaign's been an awesome place to live, and it's been an awesome place to be a firefighter and continues to be. And the fire department truly is one of the best in the nation, and I'm just fortunate enough to have worked my way through the ranks and stayed healthy and hopefully continue to be able to provide a service. While we're on the subject of you staying healthy, you recently got your second COVID shot. I've heard that the COVID shot can really knock you out, the second one. But why is it so important for not just firemen and women all over the country? Why is it so important for firefighters to get those shots? We're frontline workers more than many, and and we faced a lot of challenges when the pandemic arose. The fire chief put me in charge of the fire department's pandemic response when We recognized that this was going to be a concern. And on January 28th, I'll never forget, I sent my first email regarding COVID-19 and how it may affect the fire department. And so here we are over a year later, we're still dealing with COVID and never in my wildest dreams would I have expected that to be the case. We have to be prepared to respond. And it is our responsibility, uh, among other things, to stay healthy. And during a pandemic, the only way to stay healthy is to follow mitigation factors and ultimately get a vaccine when it's your turn. And so I have been a strong supporter of the vaccine. I did, in fact, receive my second dose. My wife just received her second dose last night because she's an educator with Unit 4 Schools. And so I believe in the importance of it. And I also recognize that it's not necessarily for everybody. So I've been mindful of those that choose not to do it. We are fortunate here in Champaign that we had a large amount of our employees elect to take it. And we've put all the tools in place to keep our first responders safe, which ultimately keeps our public safe. We early on put in mitigation factors that would ensure that our employees were protected to the best of our ability. We were fortunate enough with the University of Illinois to start COVID testing on campus relatively early on, which in my mind has been the greatest game changer for firefighters in Champaign-Urbana, is the ability to test regularly and know that if we get COVID, we can at least prevent the transmission. I mean, we work with each other, we live with each other, and it's very much unlike any other job where, you know, you're in a cubicle together or you're, you know, in a factory together. I mean, we have dinner together, we sleep together, we everything we do is just like you do with your family. And it's important to have the mitigation factors, the protections in place. And I'm biased, of course, but Champaign Fire Department has given us all the tools, as has the city of Champaign, to do our jobs safely and effectively through COVID. And, you know, we've been very fortunate. We have kept a 100% comprehensive workforce throughout a pandemic like no other. 
in a community that is global, really. And here we are still to this day, keeping people safe. And so we're fortunate, but a lot of it was preparation and diligent work by city staff, fire department administration. And then of course, the guys and girls going out on the streets every day. Again, Andy, thank you for your leadership in that endeavor. And I'm not the only one that's noticed, though. Your list of endorsements is really impressive. The Champaign Firefighters Local 1260, East Central Illinois Building Trades Council, State Senator Scott Bennett, Urbana City Council candidate Chandra Bishop. It goes on and on. What about your message, do you suppose, resonates with other community leaders? Early on, I believe very strongly that it's important to work with everybody. And I still believe that. And I don't have all the answers. To be able to reach out to individuals that I both agree with, but also individuals that I don't agree with, is important to ultimately solving the problems. And, you know, I'm a proud Democrat, and I've voted Democrat for a very long time. But I also have a lot of friends that are Republicans. And I take pride in the fact that I can have a spirited conversation And although I might not agree in principle, I can at least understand where my friends and coworkers are coming from. And so I think that mindset, that truly just believing that there's absolutely two sides to every story. And if there weren't Republicans, you wouldn't have Democrats. Just that mindset of willingness to be open-minded and knowing and admittingly saying up front that, look, I may not agree with you, but I'm absolutely willing to discuss with you. I think that that type of mentality has probably increased my support. When I ran eight years ago, I won what were considered conservative precincts before handedly against my Republican opponent. And again, and I think that that's because, first of all, I'm, you know, I'm accessible and I'm in the community. I'm on nonprofits. My kids are going to school here. You know, people know me. And that's the beauty of local candidates is that they, in fact, do know you, but also because My message has really been like, I just want to do the best job for the people we serve, the constituents, the taxpayers. And, you know, it's my name on every document. When it's all said and done, I'm the one that has to vouch for either the good things or the bad things we do. So I hope that that continues. I really, I like having lots of different people to bounce ideas off of. And, you know, I hope to continue to get broad support. One more question before I let you go. I have to ask, you mentioned your wife, Erin, and your two kids that are here in school in the community. When you are home for dinner, which I can't imagine is very often because of your erratic and really busy schedule, do you talk about fire things? Do you talk about city township things? Do you talk about school? What exactly does the Cornstrom family talk about around the table? Obviously, as my kids, one's a junior, one's a freshman. It's changed over time, of course, but That's the one thing that we try to do and we do well. I mean, there's some nights that I can't be home, but when we are home, we sit down together for dinner. And sometimes we have to wait till 830 at night till everybody's at home. But it is really, unfortunately, at this point in our lives, one of the only times where we have that opportunity. We talk about a lot of things. You know, I love the fact that both of my kids have very different, on one hand, different interests on the other, very similar. But my daughter's very, very passionate about politics and she's probably the most liberal in our house. And so her spirited conversation sometimes with all of us are fun. But, you know, we talk pretty global. We don't talk a lot about the fire department. We never really have. That's all they've known. I was a firefighter before they were born. Their uncle was a firefighter. Their great-grandfather was a firefighter. So for them, it's just like any other thing. I think we talk more about township things than anything else. And I like that because it's important that they know 
what's being done in their community, both from like the local government perspective, but also from a needs perspective. We've been very blessed and my kids are very fortunate and they want for nothing, but they know too that there are a lot of people in this community and in this world that haven't had those same benefits. And that's important for us as we raise our kids to know that those things are true. So Sometimes the conversations I couldn't repeat because they're completely offensive, but many times they're good conversations about global events that matter, and sometimes they turn into arguments, but we enjoy that aspect of our day. My wife is Irish. Her dad was born in Ireland. My kids are very much, and I'm glad for this, their mom's kids, and so there's plenty of opportunity to share their opinion without any thought, and I like that about them. Thank you for listening to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess, part of the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. City of Champaign Township Supervisor Andy Kornstrom, I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it.